What's up, movie fans and Netflix bingers? This is the Bros Who Binge podcast. My name is Adam Schubert, and as always, I'm joined by Lyndon Burton. We're here talking everything going on in the world of movies and television, and especially excited to talk about the finale of The Boys. Lyndon, how are you doing? Doing well, man. Made it safe from the hurricane. Hope all the Louisiana people made it safe. Hope everybody's doing okay. Hurricane Delta. But what an amazing... I'm excited for this podcast. I tweeted it out. I couldn't contain my excitement. Number one, The Boys is the best show on television. The Boys would have been the best show on television last year, but because of Watchmen, it was not. Watchmen was great. Emmy winning. The Boys should be nominated for the Emmy, but they probably won't because of how much gore and grotesque and the in the genre, the, the comic book genre that it's in. But The Boys is the best show on television. Hands down, bar, as much as I love Lovecraft, you don't have shit on The Boys. The Boys is nuts. And when we talk about this season finale, I was so, so impressed. Okay, so I didn't do anything over my, like, weekend because of the evacuating, and it was just me and Kirsten. And I wanted, I wanted to hang out with my girlfriend, you know, show her, like, show her some love. It wasn't time for me to record videos or watch anything. But, like, at uh, 1 o'clock at night, she was asleep. You know what I did. Pulled out the cell, celly and hit it. I couldn't wait. I had to watch it. It was nuts. That that the season finale is so good that it was that like when I watched it the second time, it was like, oh man, this was even better than both than I thought. Cause I'm some stuff I missed that they were foreshadowing for season three. And then hearing the director's com or the showrunner's comments on season three, we're not, we don't know what we're in for. But it's funny if people would have heard me and your conversation, our I guess it's like our pre-production one conversation that we had on the phone earlier today when we were talking about how the boys is kind of set up like the wire in a sense. And I'm gonna explain that when we break it through. But I I think so even more so now that I've that the the showrunners comments and we're gonna talk about that. Then we got some big DC news with Green Lantern hype talk. We're not gonna skip anything. It came out of nowhere. It came out of left field, man. Like. And then we got some great trailers, courtesy of NYC Comic Con, which I, I didn't expect to happen this week. And then our topic of the week, I think, I think we got some good topics lined up for you guys. I've thought of some incredible things for us to have as main topics for the show. This week, we're drafting our, if Schubert was the casting director for his perfect Quentin Tarantino movie, if he has a genre for it, he'll give it. If not, you know. I, if you have a pitch, you can, but if not, it's okay. And then I draft my uh, quintessential Tarantino roster. But the thing is, once Schubert takes an actor, I can't take him. Or once I take an actor, Schubert can't take him. Bringing the draft back, I think this is going to be dope. Yeah. And I'm excited. The other, the other side rule in this draft is that you have to have two recurring Tarantino characters, which, I mean, I feel like we'll have more than that. I got one. It's just the I got, like, I got. I have one that's like, if you mess this up, I'll kind of be sad. The others are like floating. Like I can, if you take one of them, I'm cool. If I get one of, like, you know what I'm saying? Like there's so many good ones, but I have my heart set on one. I have one that's probably going to make a lot, make a lot of people's mouths drop. And also our producer Ian's probably going to love it. So. Oh man, I hope you don't take who I have on now. <laughs> oh, I feel like this is about to happen, but you know. Uh, mine, but I mean, I hope one of us takes it. Cause I mean, I was reading an article about, you know, people who were considered for Tarantino's and. Yeah. See, um, I did the same thing. I did the same thing. I, I, I did that. And then like the people that were considered, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do my own people, but like the reoccurring people, I went like, I didn't do the the typical reoccurring people. I like I, I went deep in the well. I tried to get at least like one of the typical 
And then I went like pretty deep into it. Like people who I thought now. did really good in the Tarantino films, but like needed to get a bigger role in a different one. I wonder if one of us is going to take Samuel. I'm just saying that up top because obviously that's the most notable person who's in majority of Quinn. He's pro- I think he's been in every one because even the Kill Bill, he was the narrator. But I don't. He, well, if you don't take him, then I'll probably take him at, at the end. <laughs> That's fine. I'm, I'm cool. I, I didn't plan on taking him. That was one that I was like, if Schubert gets him cool, if I get him cool. Like, I, I didn't put him in my list because I thought you would take him. See? Interesting. I'm glad we both thought that way. That means we're going to have a very interesting draft, ladies and gentlemen. And then some of the topics we got next week. Look, we were supposed to give you all a pitching match this week. Blame Charles. <laughs> Charles is just going through a rough time, man, because, you know, LSU is just terrible. And... Throwing shots. Let me fix Itachi because you, you're caught up with Naruto. Let me straighten him out. Had to, all my figures are turned to the side because I thought I was going to take him with me. But, you know, had to, let me fix them. But, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just fucking around. Life happens. I'm just, I'm just giving Charles a hard time because he's who I'm, I'm battling. But, nah, we should have pitched it very, very soon. I'm, it's either going to be next week or the week after. One of the two, so y'all be. On There's the plenty of that. other stuff going on as well. But we're definitely we're gonna, gonna give we're definitely gonna give y'all a, a run it back this week. This week isn't it Wednesday? Let me I just say you, I don't know if you've had a chance to watch Scott Pilgrim, but I, I definitely haven't had a chance <laughs> to watch Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> <laughs> we're giving inside baseball this episode. Now nah, I'm gonna try to watch it before before Wednesday. Isn't that the day? Ian's going to kick our ass. It's supposed to be the day. Well, you guys will probably get a running back Thursday, Friday, Monday. Around around that nebula of time. We will see if things work out. We'll see. But, um, yeah, Shubert, whenever you're ready, because we got a lot to discuss this episode, and I'm I'm excited. Yeah, we we definitely got a lot to, to get into, so let's get started. All right, so let's start up top with the big news. HBO Max has given out a series order to Green Lantern based on the DC Comics property. The show was first announced um, being in development this last year. Um, the plot details are now available for the first time. The show is going to depict the adventures of a multitude of lanterns, including Guy Gardner, Jessica Cruz, Simon Baz, and Alan Scott. Earth's first Green Lantern, who, true to comics, is a gay man, and many more. The series will also include fan favorites such as Sinestro and Kilowog, and will also introduce new heroes to the ranks of the Green Lantern Corps. HBO Max has ordered a 10 one-hour episodes um, slate. Uh, The series will be co-written and executive produced by Seth Graham Smith and Mark Guggenheim, with Graham Smith serving as a showrunner. I'm trying to see. Oh, Seth Graham Smith has not made some, not made that great of things. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. He wrote the Lego Batman. I thought I thought he was doing other stuff. He, oh, Lego Batman. It okay. Pride and Prejudice, Zombies, Dark Shadows. He has a decent like writer's thing. Okay, cool. What has he produced? Except for uh, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. Yeah, that's that. That's what I saw at first, and I was like, Ooh, that doesn't look good. But the, but after Pride and Prejudice, Zombies, he had the Lego Batman. Eyes of the Dragon, Just Beyond, and uh, It. So he did a good job, you know. Can't be mad at that. And he produced It. So, you know, I think I think this is not bad. I'm not concerned about him. I have a question. So because there's two glaring... Well, actually, there's three glaring names missing. Three glaring names. When you, when you name Green Lantern and you name Guy Gardner, Jessica Cruz, Simon Baz, and even 
fucking Alan Scott, who's not even like a space alien. He's not even like a Green Lantern core member because he his thing is like magic. It's like some weird shit. And then you have Sinestro and Kilowog mentioned, but you don't mention three names. It's, it stands out to me. You don't mention uh, Hal. You don't mention... Uh, how am I Kyle. Thinking? You don't mention Kyle. And you don't mention Jon Stewart. Those are three names that are glaring. So I am wondering if this show serves as kind of how Gotham PD is the tie-in to the Batman and how Peacemaker's kind of a, a spinoff of Suicide Squad. Does this movie take place inside of the inevitable buddy cop, John, Hal, or John, Kyle? It's not going to be Kyle and Hal. It's gonna, John's going to be in there. I know that for a fact. So will it be, will, the, will that be in their universe? Um, I don't know. That's question uh, one I have. That's that's the number one question. That's that's a good question. I feel like leaving those names off is so that it's you can use them for bigger property. Yeah, it's it, it's a blatant. Um, like I feel like at this point, Hal's kind of out. Like I feel you think, like you think it's Kyle and John. See, I I don't know. I don't think I they make like, John think, old. John's gonna be young. I don't think they make John old. Well, if you do that, then it's got to be Hal and John, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't see Kyle. Like, as much as people love Kyle, our generation loves John Stewart more because of... Well, that's why he's in. That and, and that's what I'm saying. That's why I know for a fact he's in. And if you're DC, you have to think, well, we have the young generation with John. We got the old generation with Hal. <clears throat> that's why I think Kyle may be a season two in this show or Kyle may come later in a movie. But if like Hal dies and then, then we may see that. But like for right yeah, now, because, yeah, it does say that there's going to be other ones, but I mean, if mm-hmm. you're going to not name Kyle Rayner, you know, then I feel like he's not involved. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? No, I so. feel you. Another thing I'm interested in Sinestro's in it. And see, that's why I asked this because if Sinestro's in this, there's no way Sinestro's not in the movie. And I think, you know, what could be special is if you do Sinestro as a lantern in this show, and then when we get to the movie, we get the Sinestro Core War and then in, in the introduction of Sinestro. And then by that point, fans who, don't, who aren't watching the show will understand the story because it's like, oh, Sinestro's turning from Green Lantern to uh, Yellow Lantern. But if you watch the show, it could be like, damn, Sinestro was near and dear to our hearts. He was a hero. He was someone who was important to us. And now... We're seeing his fall for grace. I think that's something that could be possible. I, I, this is weird where, where we're all laying in the timeline. Like, are, aren't a lot of these lanterns, you know, past Sinestro already doing all that? No, 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 no. I, well, I mean, it just, I, obviously, Jessica Cruz and Simon Baz are new characters. And by the time they're introduced technically, Sinestro has already done that. But if the way that DC resets its timeline every time, and we'll get a Sinestro story with the new, like, you know what I'm saying? Like how the, it could work. I mean, it could work either way, but I'm excited for this. I think this could be good if they put the money into it. The question that I have is the people working on it, Mark Guggenheim and Seth Graham Smith, like, is Mark Gumick, like, are we getting a CW level Green Lantern show? I don't, I, I, I hope not because of HBO Max. You think so? I think so. I hope. I mean, I, and if that's I the case, see- I don't think the movie's tied in then. That's that's where I'm leaning. Like I feel like the reason you don't name big names, you know, Sinestro, I guess, is the one big name you get. But I feel like you can also, you know, thanks to the Flash, multiverse it out so that you don't really have to. This connect. is the one Earth. 
Yeah, like I feel like you know, putting this out with no casting information, we're gonna find that you're gonna get a lot of like D-listers that are gonna be cast in these roles. Oof. All right. I, I mean, it's gonna. I feel like we're talking. We're talking like Star Girl. See, I think I, I'm of the belief. I, 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 that, that is like Plan B in my head. Plan A is like they cast like two A-listers, some or like two B-listers, two B-listers. B-lister TV types. Like no, or, no or even types. like or even one A-lister TV to where if maybe an A-lister TV. So where if this is successful, then we'll connect it. But if it's not, we won't. But let's assume they don't. And it's like what you say, then I don't know how interested I am. But the thing that that holds me to it is it's HBO. I don't think HBO's. maybe I have too much faith in HBO right now. Well, I mean, you got to think about like what HBO is also attached their name to is a lot of the stuff that's come out of this DC. I mean, there's still going to be more, you know, DC still working with the CW people, too. So, I mean, like there's going to be a lot of. Yeah, HBO attached its name that. to like Peacemaker and and the Matt Reeves TV show with Terrence Winter writing. That's what like HBO have has attached themselves to. HBO Max has attached themselves to this. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I think it's two really two different things at this point. Where <laughs> like HBO, I mean, because they they're still continuing Star Girl. Um, what they're they're still going to do that. Superman and Lois thing, and you know that's going to end up being on HBO Max probably. Well, well, that's a CW show until for the I mean until it gets to streaming, but it'll probably end up on HBO Max at some point. Yeah, man, yeah. I, I just hope this isn't a CW thing. I just I really hope it's not. I, I, I mean, I don't think it's going to be a quote unquote CW thing, but I don't think it's going to be Titans. Ooh, I hope it's at least Titans. Like it's got to be at least Doom Patrol and Titans level of good. If not, then why are we doing a Green Lantern? I mean, like, I think they're going to be trying to do that, but I just don't know, like, if, if you're going to get, yeah, I don't know if you're going to get the execution out of it. I, it's, it, and when I first saw, heard it, I was like, oh, this sounds interesting. But, like, when you think about more of what they're going to have to do to do this, is going to be like, well, I mean. How much money are you putting into this? Uh, yeah, how much money are you putting into this? Like, how serious are you taking this if it's not going to be part of the movie universe? Cause you got us, you got us like you have us spoiled now. When you announce things like Terrence Winter and Matt Reeves are making a Gotham City PD that's going to tie into the Batman, you have the Peacemaker tying into Suicide Squad. So you're leading us to believe that these things are going to that be this tied would have to do something like with, that with a movie, yeah. And if it doesn't, then then that tells you all you need to know, kind of. Like yeah, honestly, if it doesn't, then it's like, ooh, I don't know if you're putting like you know enough stock into this because you also tap. Like no disrespect to Mark Guggenheim, but you tap you tap the arrow guy. Like I don't know. I don't know. You now you got me doing a whole 180. God damn it. But you know, Green um, Lantern might be good. We'll see. But something I'm excited for that Amazon purposely put on the title was the adult animated new superhero show Invincible. And boy, did that trailer look good. We got Steve Nguyen voice and J.K. Simmons, Mark Hamill, just to say the least. This is a story of a kid who becomes, this is something that Jake actually used in pitching. If you remember one of our pitching matches, it's a story of a kid who becomes a superhero and he becomes invincible. And it's about his tale of, of becoming the hero invincible and his powers. His dad is a superhero and it's about their lives and finding out who they are and then and what's everything going on with that. But the trailer looks yeah. phenomenal. It seems a little comedic, but also very serious, <clears throat> which is what I like. It feels like the boys. That. It feels it feels very similar to to the. I don't know if it feels like the boys to me. Um, I, I think when you see the like, boar feel, that's coming, it's gonna give those vibes. 
I guess. Like to me, it, it seems like something that's not to that gore level, but it does seem like something that's going to be taking itself pretty seriously. And that's what, and that's all you, and that's why I know they put adult animated on purpose because this is not something that kids, I mean, teens are going to watch it, but it's not something that's intended for them because the gore that's about to be in this show is, is boys level gore. Like it is, it is, it is so serious that like this show only works animated because of how much shit they have to do that I don't think it could be pulled off live action. I guess they held that off in the trailer because, like, I just really didn't see that. I felt I felt that it was more of, like, a, a cinematic kind of thing. But see, that's the... that, And I, I don't know if I'm spoiling anything, but that's part of the twist. Like, mm. you find out some stuff, and then the show does a 180 on... it. Like, the story does a 180 on its head. Like, you think it's the superhero tale, and it's like, whoa, what the fuck is happening? And, you know, is there more than just like that superhero family? Is it like, oh, a it's, lot more? it's way more. There's a whole right. world. Like, it's, I got you, it, I got you. it's the, in the, in the comics still going on right now. I don't think it's done. It might be done. It might not. I don't know. But like, it's a huge world of stuff going on. And that, that's going to be, again, Amazon, best studio out right now, like, best streaming service out. It's putting out quality. And this is going to join that roster, and it just makes me excited for all things Amazon. Yeah. Um, moving on to the next trailer. That's yeah, we the, got the, the 335. The 355. The, yeah, the 355. Um, when a top-secret weapon falls into mercenary hands, a wild-card CIA agent joins forces with three international agents on a lethal mission to retrieve it while staying a step ahead of a mysterious woman who's tracking their every move. Cast of this is Jessica Chastain, Sebastian Stan, Diane Kruger, Penelope Cruz, Lupita Nyong'o, uh, Bing Bing Fon, uh, Edgar Ramirez. You know, there's some big names attached to this. It seems like uh, it seems like a pretty interesting movie with you know what five different countries secret agents coming together to gives me solve. atomic blonde vibes gives me john wick vibes gives me the like i don't want to say fast and the fears because it doesn't seem like that it seems more serious if you wanted thing. to give if you want to give something that's a little cheesy like that it kind of reminds me of expendables yeah that's a better one like a where team, it's like a yeah. team that has to come together yeah but a female-led team, yeah. I mean, look, I'm gonna watch this. This is right up my alley. I'm gonna at least see if it's good. I love watching all secret agent, CIA mission type, uh, woman on a mission, man on a mission type movies. So like, I'm gonna watch it. So like, yeah, Simon three five five. Simon Kinberg is going to be directing, and you know, Simon Kim, we haven't really seen X-Men. him do too much directing besides Dark Phoenix, which is you know, a little suspect. But yeah. he has been a producer on films like Logan. But it has a um, it has a star studded cast: Lupita Nyong'o, Diane Kruger, Jessica Chastain. I'm hyped for that. Hyped to see those ladies in a movie. So you know this should be good. But something that doesn't look good, and we just talked about how Amazon's stepping up the animation game. HBO Max has the Primal series running right now from Jenny from uh Gennady Tarnakowski. HBO Max doing star studded animation. Amazon stepping in the animation game. You know who's stepping in the animation game but taking an L? Hulu. Hulu and Marvel dropped the first pictures for their Modoc series. Shit looks trash. Shit looks trash, bro. And like, it does look pretty trash. And, and, and I know people are gonna be like, but Lyndon, what about like, it's this moral oral type animation? And I love moral oral from like Adult Swim, if you know what I'm talking about. Like, it's like, it's it's like stick figures. Like they made like it's it's not stick figures, but it's like it's like that claymation, but it's not claymation. 
this shit doesn't look good, bro. I'm sorry. And like, I understand why it's not on Disney Plus because I don't think Feige wants anything to do with this shit. You're probably right. I mean, I didn't even like really watch it because I just I was like, this just looks too ridiculous, man. And like, you know, I just, when I did watch it, I was like, I'm just not into this. Like, I almost, I watched the whole thing, but I mean, I almost stopped it in the middle. I was just like, I don't, I, I didn't even know there was a trailer. I just looked at it. the pictures and I was like, I'm not feeling this. Yeah. I mean, it was just like a short little thing, but it's just like, shit, this shit didn't look good, man. Like, I wouldn't, I'm excited for Marvel's uh, else their Elseworld title, which like the what ifs. I'm excited for that animation because that's gonna be on Disney Plus. But this, this doesn't look good at all. Like I don't know what yeah, they're I mean, doing with this. Something the brushing, and I wouldn't even blame Hulu too much for this. I would just blame Marvel trying to do something different. Per the Pearl like, Mutter, the is the Pearl Mutter administration. I think that was under the, his side of TV. Because I mean, Hulu does put out like quality stuff, decent, decent cartoon stuff. I mean, like Solar Opposites was a Hulu. Yeah, it was, and aren't they? And they're so, doing the Animaniacs. That's not on HBO Max. Yeah, and they are doing Animaniacs, which I guess I forgot to add into this, there, but yeah. there was a, a short, you know, little video of Animaniacs coming back. They kind of did a spoof on Jurassic Park, which and it had me excited. Yeah, it had me excited. It kind of reminded me of similar Animaniacs vibes. So definitely interested to see that come out next Pinky month. Pinky and the Brain's gonna be in there too. So I'm excited for that. We'll definitely- it has to be. It has to yeah. be. Yeah. I hope all of them are in there. Like Pinky and the Brain, the mob pigeons, the, the yeah, uh, the little girl. Slappy and uh the the squirrels. Yeah, the little girl and like uh come come on, I love you, goodbye. Like that, that like that little girl, she was awesome. Who else is in there? We, the nurse. We, the nurse, that's what I was about to say. The security guard, the professor, like uh all that dot dots poetry corner, need that in there. The uh the lesson of the day, like all that shit. Like bring anime the Animaniacs was fire for a reason. Don't change anything. And you have to spoof pop culture, and there's been shit. 2030, yeah, like a, a lot of pop spoof. culture to spoof since uh, the last time we've seen Animaniacs. They're definitely going to do a superhero thing. Oh yeah, I mean they did. I'm 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 assuming Spielberg's 100 okaying this and giving them. The well, lesson. I feel like that's why they they added Jurassic him in. Park and, well, they, and he was in it. Yeah, yeah, true. No, 100. But, but yeah, my thing with the Animaniacs is like, are they going to try and bring it to a new younger audience, or are they going to try and play it to the people who grew up with it and make it a little bit more, I wouldn't say risque, but, you know. Keep the risque level that it was at, at least. Yeah, I mean, because, like, you know, where we're seeing now with stuff like that that gets brought back, it's a little toned down because we're a little bit more toned down in 2020 than we were back then with some of the topics. And I would just kind of like to see it stay the same. No, I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. So hopefully that hopefully that show is good. Here's some news. We're not going to spend too long on this because this is just, it, it's cut and dry. It is what it is. But these are some some pushbacks. I hate that we have the pushback corner or the, 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 uh, the delay corner on this pod, but we're to the delay corner. Christmas will not be the same for us this year, Schubert. All the Christmas movies are getting pushed back. Wonder Woman, pushed back. We don't know when. Dune, pushed back to... A, a a date that just breaks my fucking heart. October 1st, 2021. It breaks my heart because Dune is so far away, but it breaks my heart because it took the Batman release date, which gets pushed to March 4th, 2022. This movie is now two years away. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. I feel like I'm going to die. Like that just, I just, I, just, I, I like, 
I need to live to see the new Batman. That's the new date I'm, I'm looking forward to, to live to. Two years away. This is shitty. This is shitty. This is super shitty. Next, Flash, move back to November 4th, 2022. Uh, Shazam, shifted an entire year. June 2nd, 2023. Those kids, they might have mustaches by then. What are we doing? Next. I mean, they can film it. Black they Adam. have it in a can. Black Adam, out of the schedule entirely. What's up with The Rock? No, Noah Centino, Aldis Hedge. What is going on? But you want to move The Matrix up to December 22? I mean, December 22nd, 2021? What are we thinking, Warner Brother? Gosh. They know. They, trash. Yeah, they're trying to have theaters in so they can get all their money worth with all these movies. I get it. The Batman, you want to have a full theater capacity. Dune, got to have a full theater Gosh, we have the Batman trailer already. We're pushing it back to the two years. Two? Fuck me, bro. Fuck me. It's rough. And I mean, you make a good point about the Shazam stuff. I feel like it is going to be done before that, but you can't do any more past this. All these, all these movies are going to be done, bro. Like, and it's crazy. I don't know if that Suicide Squad didn't get moved. So does that mean they have confidence in Suicide Squad? Or they don't like I. I feel like that you know. Or they're giving the Batman more time. Well, to the film. thing is, it's like you know, yeah. The Batman and Flash still got a film. Shazam still got a film. So like they're giving them like a little bit of leeway because they still got a film. But Suicide Squad case, is done. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, I, I guess so. In case like so, Batman has any more or more halts, any more well, COVID stops, and, like. And because yeah. you're gonna, you're gonna get Wonder Woman. So like, let's say you you know you have Wonder Woman in 2021, and you also have Suicide Squad in 2021. So you're still giving the fans content when you get to 2022. You get Batman probably, Nothing. and Flash. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, Batman and Flash. Yeah. So Flash. I mean, I, I mean 2022 well, is gonna be the year of the Batman with Flash. What well, would be really interesting? Batman and then Robert for Shazam and Black Adam is if they did go back to back in 2023. Ah, that's a good point. I could see that happening. I, I could see that happening. That'd be lit. I'd actually enjoy that. The year of Shazam. We we have the year of the Batman with Batman and then the Flash's Batman. Old Batmans, yeah. Yeah, and then we have the year of Shazam versus Black Adam. I, I, I could dig that, but damn, bro, breaks my fucking... Now I got to wait more months for fucking Dune, which I was ready for December, Christmas. I'm glad because now I can read it. Mm-hmm. Take, some, take my time. It just sucks. Like, what are we going to watch this year on Christmas? No movie theater day, bro. Unless the theater oh, showing yeah, some man. old movie. That's going to break my heart. I, I, it's, it's been, I don't remember the last time I didn't go to a movie during Christmas. I'm pretty sure there still are movies coming out at Christmas. Just, not movies, that, real, real just, not, just not movies we want to see. I saw that they were moving some stuff to Christmas. Oh, movies on Christmas this it's year. R.I.P. to the theater. See, this is more reason why I, I got to get on you you fucks out there to wear your mask. Like, gosh, bro, if you don't care about your livelihoods, care about your entertainment. <laughs> like, God damn. Nothing. Yeah, huh? I, I, Trash. Yeah, nothing. They're only telling me about the Netflix stuff, which, Trash. which is lame. Oh, sad times. Sad times at Ridgemont High. Sad times. This is not the fast or the high times. This is the sad times. But that's all I got on now, the up the delay updates. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's move on to the next topic, which was something that I thought was really interesting when I saw the uh, cast list. So, uh, Constantine Film has set in motion a new adaptation 
uh, to add to the ever-expanding Resident Evil movie franchise. Uh, they have tapped writer-director jo- Johannes Ro- Roberts um, that they're going to do an original story adaptation um, that stays true to Capcom's classic survival horror games. The, the story is going to be set in 1998 on a faithful night in Raccoon City. Um, and it's going to be exactly as the Resident Evil 1 and 2 um, games played out, which is nowhere near what the movies were. Okay. And they're going to have the same original characters. So starring in the roles of the iconic game char- characters will be Maze Runner's Kaya Sosa Del- Delario, who's going to play Claire Redfield alongside Hannah John Kamen, who from Ant-Man and the Wasp, who played the, uh, what was it, the ghost? The ghost or- yeah. Um, and she'll play Jill Valentine. Robbie Amell will play Chris Redfield. Tom Hopper from Umbrella Academy will play Albert Wesker. Who's that? Is that the buff? Is that is that uh the monkey bro? Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Um, Avon Yogia from Victorious. Yeah, I knew he's that going guy. to play Leon S. Kennedy, and Neil McDonough, the ultimate movie villain, is going to be William Birkin. Mhm, mhm. He's he was also an arrow. He was uh, yeah. he was the villain. Yeah, he was a villain. Yeah, he was he was that guy. All right, cool. This is this tight shot to Capcom. Good for them. Yeah, I think this is a really good move to kind of stay true to the actual game. Better than the, the Mila Jovovich universe. <laughs> it could be. I, I mean, can't. I feel like they got people here um, in the cast list that are all fairly good. Um, names that people recognize, and I think that that's going to be good for getting people into the seats. Yeah, it'll be decent. Or decent by enough VOD, cash. however it goes. Yeah, so you know, good for them. I'll, I'll check this out at least once. Yeah, for sure. Um, the next story is that New Line Cinema has prevailed in winning rights to the pitch Super High, which has Andy Samberg, Craig Robinson, and Common attached to star. According to sources, the film is a superhero comedy where smoking special weed gives you superpowers. I'm watching this and in yes. instantly in style. I watched this. All the stoner movies are on Hulu right now. Like how high, uh, half baked. You know, my girlfriend watched all those one night, uh, Reno nine one one Miami watched all that. Oh, shit. Wow. Yeah. Like I watched all of that shit in one day. I, I'm definitely watching this. Craig Roberts, Andy Sandberg, common Andy Sandberg. Last movie he did was, uh, it was uh, Palm Springs. Palm Springs, and that movie was a success. And Craig Robinson's a funny dude. Common's doing good stuff for Common to be in it with those two dudes. It's got to be a good movie. I'm, I'm in. I am in. Yeah, I mean, I think this was a really good pitch to pick up. Um, Andy Samberg, I can totally see running with this. And in the superhero age, this is how you make good content. You don't have to have be DC I- and Marvel to use superheroes. We've seen The Boys, Invincible, now this. Yeah, I mean, I bring back the stoner comedy. I was listening to an interview with the people who were a part of Harold and Kumar, and they were saying how they talked to John Cho and Cal Penn almost every month about doing another Harold and Kumar. We need to see a return of the stoner movies, and I think that you know, getting this going is definitely a good first step. Man, John Cho thinks he's too good now for Harold and Kumar, dude. Spice no, no, he doesn't. He doesn't. <laughs> they, they, they're saying they're saying that they're they're all down for it. I'm. I think that's a after the Christmas for one. Netflix what are, what are they gonna do, bro? Like they're married. New age. Yeah, think the about kids, it. Like make them the, parents. You know, 
the reunion of, you know, they'd be like, dude, we haven't, you know, done something for a long time. Let's go to White Castle. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> It'd have to be really good because that Christmas one was not. So, you know, but Guantanamo Bay, I argue, is better than the first one. I argue it because the Guantanamo Bay, the Escape Guantanamo Bay was really good. Like, I like Oh, yeah. It, it, it goes places. That's yeah, for sure. it does. 100%. But next up, we got Robert Downey Jr. has revealed his plans to expand the Sherlock Holmes franchise into a new cinematic universe with multiple spinoffs. Speaking on a keynote panel at the Fast Company Innovation Festival earlier this week, Downey Jr. and his producing partner, Susan Downey, outlined their intentions to spin all, to spin a mystery verse out of the third Sherlock Holmes films, which is being directed by Rocketman Helmer, Dexter Fletcher. In their minds, the new sequel would serve as an entry point into a new Holmes-inspired universe. We think there's opportunity to build out more uh, and they plan to have various uh, projects and a shared universe spinoff characters from the third movie to see what's going on in a television landscape, to see what Warner Bar- what Warner Media is starting to build out things, which HBO and HBO Max. Interesting. This sounds like Downey won't be involved anymore in Sherlock Holmes to me. After the film. I mean, yeah. he's going to do this one more film. But I think like what this could be building out is, you know, I don't think he's completely done with the character. I think it'd be something where he could show up as like a guest star in other series that are involving spinoff characters. Um, I think, you know, with bringing out something like Enola Holmes, you know, you can maybe create your own Enola Enola Holmes in like this mystery verse. Uh, So like, I feel like this at first, when I hear that Robert Downey Jr. wants to do a mystery verse out of Sherlock, I'm like, well, that sounds really stupid. Um, But think um, that they want to take it into more of a television landscape with HBO and HBO Max. It kind of intrigues me a little bit more so. I need to see the, the characters they're speaking of first. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I've, I like the Sherlock Holmes movies that they've done with Robert Downey. Me too. Downey but if Ju- it's not Downey Jr., Downey Jr. and Jude Law, what am I watching? Like, you know what I mean? Like, who are these characters? Like, you tell me a mystery verse and I can't have the best detective ever, Sherlock Holmes. Who now, am I if following? you want to do, like, Mor- Moriarty, like the... But Moriarty's villain. dead. Are they going to, like... You can bring him back. I mean, like... If- and do his do a prequel? Yeah. But they said it from this third movie. So I'm, I'm thinking this third movie has, like, rival detectives or competitors out there that we it's quite possible i mean we don't know what this third movie is going to entail and if it's something that they think they're going to be able to spin off from it's got to be something yeah it's got to be some endearing characters and got to see and i'm thinking if they want to do a verse then there's going to be more than one yeah there's got to be and that's what that's why i think it's going to be like rival detectives or sherlock inspires a new generation or some something it's got to be something like that because it's mystery so they're still solving crimes so who is solving these crimes that's just my brain putting the two and two together. But that's all I got on that. Interesting to see uh, Robert Downey Jr. with his next plans. Uh, so Netflix is going to go down the rabbit hole with their latest project. Oh. Yes, that means that they're going to develop a new anymore, bro. adaptation of the classic fantasy story, Alice in Wonderland. The upcoming film will bring together the same team behind the popular dance movie, Work It, uh, which premiered on Netflix earlier this year. Work It stars Sabrina Carpenter is set to play Alice in this new film entitled Alice, which will put a modern spin on the well-known Lewis Carroll tale. While few, while few, while few details about the project have been publicly revealed, we do know that it will be a musical and it takes place at a fe- music festival called know Wonderland. This. this is so trash. <laughs> she wish she could be doing taking acid. Like if she's not taking acid at this music fest, then this shit is trash, bro. 
I'm honestly knowing Sabrina Carpenter as an actress and like seeing what she does like off screen and on screen, I totally could see her taking acid at a music festival. If it's not, this. if she not taking acid or shrooms, I'm not watching. Probably, maybe more so shrooms than acid, but I'm not what look, <laughs> bro. After the I mean, birth- e- e- regardless, regardless of whether or not she does take shrooms or not, I still feel like it's gonna be trash. Oh, for sure. I feel sure. like it would be cooler if she did that and it wasn't a musical. <sighs> this shit sounds horrible, bro. It's trash. Netflix making more trash content. But you want to know who's not making trash content? John David Washington. Shout out to my guy, JD Dubs. Come on the pod, brother. We love you over here. John David Washington has joined Christian Bale and Margot Robbie and David O. Russell's new untitled film at New Regency. O. Russell will direct from his own script. Plot details are keeping under wraps. This is what we want to see. John David Washington working with uh, the best directors out, working with John O. Russell and working with uh, my boy, uh, I mean, David O. Russell and working with uh, Christian Bale and Margot Robbie. Sounds like a win. Yeah, you know, uh, David O. Russell has been a part of, you know, Silver Linings Playbook and American Hustle, which are yeah, two I was about to say, films American that I Hustle, yep. really enjoy. And The Fighter. And, you know, He's made great movies with Christian Bale. He has. He has. And so, like, you know, just thinking about this being like a, a Christian Bale led film and then adding Margot Robbie, who's, you know, one of the bigger female actress stars in Hollywood at the moment. I mean, she can do literally anything. Yep. And then John David Washington, who's the new budding star uh, in Hollywood with pretty much all the films that he's made have been gold. So, yep. And he did Three Kings, which was fire. That Ice Cube, uh, Mark Wahlberg movie. I really enjoyed that. Shout out to David O. Russell. This is what I want to see. John David Washington working with the big people. So this is dope. Uh, next what, up. What's interesting, an uh, interesting oh. tidbit about this movie is that earlier, um, Michael B. Washington was supposed to be oh, in Michael it. Michael B. But Jordan? I, or Michael B. Jordan, I'm sorry. And I feel like John David Washington replaced him. Hey, I like it. I like it. Michael B. Jordan, you better stop face acting. Let's get some real acting up there. You, you got to stop being the blockbuster guy. I told you, MBJ, you was on the list, but you was on the list as the blockbuster guy. John David, mm, that's a different caliber actor, brother. That's a different caliber. My guy's doing blockbusters, Oscars. He might not even do blockbusters no more after this. This might just be Oscar land for my man. So might be. We're going to see. But hopefully, he, hopefully he's John Stewart. Huh, huh. Let let don't let JD Dubs be John Stewart. I'm a I'm a shitter bro. Jonathan Majors already screwed us over. Yeah, John JM. Oh, I had so much high expectations for Jonathan Majors. He looks like John Stewart. Don't get me started, shoot, but you're gonna make me sad all again. And I'm super sad because of the Batman being pushed to 2022. I don't know what the fuck Warner Brothers is thinking. But next up, we got Gal Gadot. She's I'm not saying all this. She's she's playing Cleo, uh, Cleopatra in the historical drama that will re- uh, reunite her and Patty Jenkins. Paramount Pictures won the rights, and they beat mm, out no. they oh, beat yeah, out yeah, Apple, Universal, uh, Warner Brothers, and Netflix. So this is huge. This means this is probably a damn. It's gonna be script. more serious. Yeah. yeah, it's gonna be a serious epic. So. We haven't had a Troy Alexander the Great epic in a while, and a Cleopatra epic sounds good. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I would compare it to like Troy. What you and- mean? They said it's gonna be an epic. If if it's gonna be an epic, that's gonna be a Troy type. Because she had, she was a queen of war. She was queen to uh, what's my boy's name? Mark Anthony, and they fought, they fought major war. Is his name Mark Anthony? Season Anthony. Two? Mark Anthony. Yeah, I think that's his name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not tripping. No. Oh, all right, cool. Oh. 
I wonder. I want to see her. You know, in that love triangle too with Cleopatra. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mark Anthony, Cleopatra, and Caesar. There's gonna be it's gonna be lit. So you know, good for Gal Gadot. You know, I don't have much more to say on it than that. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like uh, doing something with Cleopatra would be pretty interesting. And it's Patty that. Jenkins who gets the best work out of Gal Gadot. I'm more for excited sure. for Patty Jenkins than Gal Gadot. So you know. Yeah, I mean, I I, I agree. Yeah, Patty. Jenkins uh, the is last gold. story that I have here, I just thought was really interesting based on the director choice. But they're doing uh, Thomas the Tank Engine is returning to the brick screen in a new live action movie from World War Z director Mark Forrester. But, you know, at first, you know, there is a lot of very dark comedy when you look back at Thomas the Tank Engine, like, series. And so, like, at first, I'm thinking this. I'm like, are they going to take this, like, real? Like, are they going to do... No, but, I mean, it's probably going to be way more lighthearted and kid-friendly. And I was a big fan of the Thomas the Tank Engine franchise back in the day. So, I'm not going to watch it. But like, good <laughs> yeah, for just, them that they're bringing it back. You had to throw that in there. Good, good for Thomas and the Thomas. Because, game. like, I just want people to imagine if they did World War Z with Thomas as a tank engine. Because, like, I think that that would be very interesting. <laughs> Save that for, for, for a pitching match Tom, next season. I would love to see Thomas the Tank Engine tank on a horde of zombies. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That might be funny. But, all right, yo, let's get into movie on the rise. Am I starting us off? Yeah, you can start us off if you want. I'm all right. This week, yeah, I'm ready. This week is The Trial of the Chicago 7. We're going to be reviewing that on Next Bros Who Binge. It's with uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. Um, what's my boy from Newt's Commander? What's his name, bro? That'd be Eddie, Eddie Redmayne. Red, yeah, Eddie Redmayne. My boy Yaya Abdul-Mahin's in this. Super look, looks like a very good movie. I'm excited to watch that this weekend. It comes out on Friday, The Trial of the Chicago 7. We've talked about that on this show before. Very famous trial during the uh, civil rights era. I'm loving that. I'm I'm so happy. Should you understand? Even though the civil rights era might make certain black people feel queasy or like make them feel uneasy because of the subject matter. For me, I'm happy we out of the slave era, bro. That's what made me feel uneasy. Like I hated those fucking movies. Like at least with like this Lovecraft, uh, the the movie with um. Uh, with uh, Lake Hiff Stanfield and uh, Daniel Kaluuya coming out about uh, Fred Hampton. That yeah, looks yeah. good. Like all these civil rights era movies with like the hippie generation from the 60s and 70s. Give me more of this. This shit is great. Sure. I mean, I think the parallels that it draws to today's time, you know, make There's it really some- more relevant than slave era stuff. Um, you know, when we talk about it on Lovecraft, you know, the, I love that there, a lot of people are revisiting the Tulsa thing because not a lot of people know exactly what happened. You know, we haven't mentioned this on the on this podcast, I don't believe, but um, Russell Westbrook is actually producing an actual documentary about it that I think oh. is going to be worth checking out eventually. Uh, but yeah, you know, I think that Russ, touching get on in the content game, I yeah. see Russ. Every Touching NBA on, player thinks they're a content guy now, man. Shout out to KD. Shout out to 35 Ventures. Shout out to my guy, Bansky. They're out there killing it. And Kyrie's in it now. Russ Brooks. Kyrie did Dr. Uncle Drew. We'll see if Uncle if Kyrie's thing's successful. We'll see if Russ is successful. But shout out to these NBA players, man, in the content game. Yeah, you forgot Space Jam. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, everybody know Bron's in it. Like, un- uninterrupted, uh, his HBO deal. Bron's killing it, man. But... I'm, sure. I'm, if I have to say which NBA player I support in the content game, I throw my flag to Bansky and Kevin Durant, 35 inches. Shout out to KD. Yeah, not Thunderstruck. <laughs> Who's Thunderstruck? That was uh, his movie, right? No. KD. KD had a movie? Yeah, bro, he had a movie. No way. 
Look it up right now. KD movie. Let's see. Google. Tell You're me talking about Kevin Durant. When he was in Oklahoma City, he had a movie. Kevin Durant was in a movie? Mm-hmm. No way. Let's see. Kevin Durant movie. Playing himself at, as in Oklahoma City. Oh, yeah. City. Thunderstruck. Bro, I don't count this. Katie Schmo don't down. count this. <laughs> Look at Schmo you. down. Knowledge. Look at you. Okay, for Jeez. sure. All right, what you got next? What's, what's your movie right. on the rise? Well, this week, The Bachelorette starts thanks to LeBron finally getting it done. And I'm watching. NBA Finals not being on Tuesday night. So, Bachelor Tuesday, Bachelorette Tuesdays is back. We're going to get to see the craziness ensue. Yeah, I'm hyped. Um, I told my girlfriend about it. She's hype. I'm ready to see the, the this shit happen. Week two, huh? She she dip out. I'm ready. <laughs> week two or three, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, they might stretch week. They might stretch the first night two might, weeks. Might stretch it out a little bit. And also, you know, the host Chris Harrison goes on a hiatus in the middle of the season too because his son's going to college. So yeah, Ho- wholesome. Out? Wholesome, but like yeah, he dips out and uh past bachelorette Jojo Fletcher comes in and hosts some yeah, of the episodes. Weird. I'm watching this season. That shit sounds nuts. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be nuts. And we're um, and we're just sitting waiting for the black guy to come on. They <laughs> they've they've announced his cast. Oh, they you did? check it out on a Cosmo article. They oh. yeah. <laughs> look at us referring to Cosmo, ladies. We're hey, for no, everybody. no! Sh- shout out to Cosmo. Actually, Emma Beatty. I went to journalism camp with her. She's a, a movie pr- uh, writer at Cosmo. She puts out some good stuff. Yeah. So you guys should check her out. Um, but uh, yeah, my second thing on here is the right stuff. The National Geographic um, show that's on Disney Plus. It's the it's space you know, thing. It's, it's space, yeah, but it's scripted and it has actors like. Um, one of the guys from Greek, uh, who put, um, you remember that show, Greek? No. What? Okay. Uh, well, you remember the, the movie Limitless? Yeah, I remember Limitless. Yeah, you remember the show Limitless? No, never watched the, the guy, show. The guy who, starred, who stars in that is in it. Your boy. Is this um, about Neil Armstrong? No, it's by, about the Mercury 7, the first oh. people to go into space. All right, Lit, that's um, better me, than what me, I expected. Because if, if, yeah. if it was a retelling of this Ryan Gosling shit that he keeps doing, no, 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 I no. wasn't for that. I'm, let me tell you who's in this, because, like, you know, there's people that you recognize. It. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Oh, crap. James Lafferty, who played... Uh, oh, my guy! From who played Wintry in Hill. Wintry Hill, yeah! Yeah, he, he plays one Nathan, of the people... Nathan Scott! Making a reappearance in the acting game. Shout out to young Nate. Yeah, he's in this. Uh, like I said, that the guy Jake McDorman, who is in you know the stuff that I was just naming, is also an American Scott sniper. Gonna get me to watch this fucking show just to see James Lafferty again. I'm I mean, I I watched the first episode tonight, and it was good. It's it was pretty good. It's kind of it's kind of interesting. So and yeah, it's just. A short little thing on Disney Plus. You got to have some more adult content on Disney Plus. I mean, you know, you got these astronauts out here trying to like, you know, slay slay some tail out there. You know, mm, so it's not on Disney you know, Plus. Okay, okay. Well, uh, that might make me check it out even more. So just to see how raunchy Disney Plus is getting, because that's supposed to be the key yeah. site. No, no nudity, but yeah, there's definitely some implied. Some, well, I mean, you know. They're they're the covers are over, but you know you know what's going on. All right, all right, yeah. Some so, I mean, like it, it, it honestly feels like a a movie or not movie, but a TV show that's not on Disney Plus. It feels like it's something that's already like some on FX. Yeah, FX. Yeah, <laughs> I would say like ABC. You know, I don't know if you ever saw like some of the stuff that was on the you know National Geographic or like History Channel where oh, they I, had, yeah like, I've seen the History Channel, but Vikings yeah, like is his, real. 
where they're like you know retellings of historical yeah, things yeah. that happen it, it seems it feels like that okay for sure well then yeah that, that might that and that's interesting. So, Bachelorette, The Right Stuff, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. Lit. All right, time to get to the review. We're going to do the draft last, just because it's going to take a while. So, and then we're still doing Lovecraft first. Yeah, Lovecraft is first. Then we're going to Which I the thought boys. this was a good episode. Yeah, this was a great episode. We got a lot of answers to uh, the machine wasn't a time machine. It was a multidimensional machine from a couple episodes ago. Uh, it's still kind of a time machine. Still kind of a time machine, but we find out that there's parallel Earths. And I have a theory on how Tick makes it to season two. I have a theory. We'll get to that in a little bit. Or should I say it now? Because it's about the parallel Earths. I think we're going to get a Tick from another parallel Earth. Or they bring in a Tick from another parallel Earth to die. Yeah, for... to die. Yeah. <laughs> to die for this Tick. I yeah. feel like that that's a possibility. But this episode, we see we get confirmation. Christina Braithwaite's trying to use all of Tick's blood to uh become immortal. She tries to you know, save But he already gave her the pages, which yep. know, messes everything up. If I was Tick, I'd have been more upset at Letty. He didn't he didn't say nothing because that he got because she has his child in him. But I told my girlfriend watching this episode, Letty went from one of my favorite characters to my least favorite characters. Why was Letty Especially walking at the end? The... Bro. Bro. Let's get let's get to that. Let's get to that later. Let's get to that later. Why? So hold on. Hold off, because, like, she was wilding. He let it, so, oh, she was one of my favorite characters to my least favorite characters in an episode. Hopefully she redeems herself and becomes my favorite character again. But what she did in the last seconds of this episode was absolutely egregious. I was yelling at the, at the TV. Absolutely egregious. But, damn, felt bad for Montrose. We find out his story in this. This is this was technically I the thought Montrose this was pretty backstory. Cool. Yeah. I thought, you know, hearing his backstory was kind of cool, seeing him as, like, a kid growing up in this, you know, thriving Tulsa community. Seeing his dad beat him and passed on that 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 uh, trauma of abuse to Tick, and Tick sees that. I think that's important for, like, the black community, but even more so communities of fathers and stuff. Like, don't pass on your father's trauma that you got passed on to you. Like, that's just something... I mean, I think it gave Tick a better understanding about his dad, like, who his yeah. father was and, like... And, you know, even the conversation they had in the alley, you know, he talks about the sacrifices that he made just to be his father. Yeah. And I don't think Tick, you know, Understood. understands that. And, you know, and then he, he finally I, got it because Montrose sacrificed Montrose's lover, his first lover, sacrificed himself for, for Montrose, got, died, got shot in the head. Yeah, they got brain matter on him. Brain matter. Us. Yeah, super gross. But uh, yeah, you know, I thought their element. But we didn't explain why that happened. They they went back. They went back in time. They went back in time to get the book of names. Hippolyta comes back out of nowhere. Yeah, she comes back with her little wrist gadgets. Yeah, because she's she's now enhanced by the by the space people. And like she's she's uh working the multi dimension. She's a motherboard to control it. I think that's interesting. Motherboard, like mom, very interesting stuff. And she controls it to send them back in time to get the book of names, thus to save D. is it early, early on the sheriff was it Christina is that was dead. supposed to do it or what or is it or is it uh tick that's gonna do it because i didn't that that was kind of confusing to me was christina braithwaite gonna come back when they got the book of names to heal d or is it was it gonna be hippolyta that's gonna save d Wait, what who is supposed to save d like why like who is supposed to use the book of names to unbreak the spell of d is it tick hippolyta or, or probably uh Probably Tick, because, like, was it, you know, Christina Braithley was saying it's got to be his closest relative, and we find out the the, the bomb, well, no, the bombshell that we already kind of thought was yeah, that was George was probably dad. his father. Yep. 
Um, yep, yep, yep. So that would make you know D his little sister. Yeah, I can so. see him doing it. But Hippolyta seemed like she knew what she was doing. She lived a, a thousand. She was on out of Earth for two hundred years. Crazy. She she was. Yeah, out she there. definitely had a different demeanor. That's for Hippolyta sure. went from one of my least favorite characters to my favorite. This one, she was bad at it. She kicked ass. Take no for names. sure. I like um, Christine Braithwaite definitely doing her little thing around town. You know, Ruby sheriff, switching sheriff sides, died. bro. Ruby's definitely switch sides. That's Ruby funny. is letting her love blind her. Like my God, Christina Braithwaite and Ruby, Ruby turning evil on us. Like she, she don't give a I fuck saw that about coming Tick. From a mile away, she does not care about Tick at all. And maybe that's just because I like Tick and I'm pro Tick right now. I am not pro Christina Braithwaite and what her and Ruby got going on over there. But like, damn, Ruby switching sides. Like, just don't hurt my sister. You don't even care about Tick, the 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 the, the husband, the father of your of your nephew. Gosh, cold world. All these women, cold world. They out here just walling. These women don't give yeah. a fuck about none of these men on this show. <laughs> um, you know, uh, but badass. Good for the women. Like it's it's good to see it. Like they're just scheming. <laughs> they're scheming. That's for sure. Um, but yeah. So getting into the back in time stuff, it's you know it's typical time travel rules. Don't like mess too many things up. Don't. I love um, that takes before we get to backstory. Let me see. Uh, yeah, I, I love that. Say. That was amazing that there's a man who saves Montrose, Uncle George, and Tick's mom when they're younger getting attacked by the white gang in the Tulsa riots because this takes place, like you were saying earlier, in the in the Tulsa massacre that we saw in Watchmen. And it's interesting to see how they did it differently than Watchmen. I thought, I thought it was very, very cool. And then, But the man that ends up saving Montrose and Uncle George and, and Tick's mom was actually Tick, and I thought that was Very Harry beautiful. Potter vibes. I thought it was beautiful. That was very well done. Like, I was like, like damn, when, fire. It, I was totally feeling Harry Potter, like, when uh, Montrose is like, yeah, you know, just wait. Like, this the dude who comes swinging like Jackie Robinson is about to come save us all. It may be, Tick, it, but it call, it's a callback to when Jackie Robinson saved Tick in his dream. Yeah, for sure. Tick's Jackie it's, Robinson. I mean, not, not really, but you know what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. <laughs> So he he did a, a a good job, you know, beating ass. Um, the you know that was over a voiceover. Uh, my my mom guessed it was Maya Angelou. It probably it could have been. You think could it was? Been. I, I don't know who it was. I wasn't. I uh, and you know, simultaneously going on with that was Letty in the house getting the book of names with which was a whole weird scene. And so scene was oh, first off. Are we sure you want to get burned alive? Are we sure? Like, I get when the grandmother realizes she has to die. Cool. You, I, you, you got to accept it for your daughter to live. Cool. But you're going to burn it? Like, why not get a gun? I would have shot myself. I'm, I asked Letty to shoot me, or I was going to shoot myself. I'm not burning a... Bro, she was, what the fuck was she like? No, fam. No. Big are we no. sure. Another are we sure. Sh- Letty, why are you just... Uh, uh, Hippolyta's about to die. It just powering this motherboard and your ass just was walking, strolling, strolling through the fire, through the bombs. Like, yeah, I'm a badass. I'm Letty. I'm invulnerable. I gave up uh, Titus's pages to be invulnerable. Not tick. I don't care about my my man, my my son's husband. I'm just caring about me uh, uh, walking through the fire. Gosh, that it upset me so much. Well, so ticks over here being like. Hippolyta, you can do it. Like you gotta do it for your daughter. Like keep keep it open. And I'm like, and I'm like yelling at the TV, my like, girl, move. Like, what are you doing? I was like, like uh-huh. 
Let Hippolyta die. That's on you, Letty. That's on you for walking. Like, yeah, I'm a badass. I'm a. I hope. I hope they go back into that. Like, I hope in the next episode they talk about it. like. I hope it, like Hippolyta is like you know, Bitch, you know crashed or something. Where yeah. like, and then they're like, Montrose is like, yeah, Letty was Letty was just walking down the street. Montrose already don't like her because she sacrificing Tick. Like, yeah, Tick, that bitch just was walking down the street. <laughs> oh, shit. That was Yeah, fire. like that conversation that they had where he was like, yeah, you know, you just don't understand until, like, you actually have the kid. Because she's like, oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> she, she didn't give a fuck. But the finale looks crazy. I'm excited to see. Tick, they look like they're going to start fighting magic with magic. Tick looks like he's about to get his own magic up. Hopefully he doesn't die, man. So you're Hopefully thinking this is the autumnal equinox in this episode, this next episode? Yeah, huh? the next episode is the final one, the autumnal equinox. I think Montrose might sacrifice himself for Tick. That's what they've built building up all season. And usually the most obvious thing is what happens. So I expect that. I've been I've been going out of the box, but that's why I think the D getting the robot arm, that's happening. I'm 100% believing that's happening. I When I called that last week, I was like, even more so finding out that... uh. What's her, her mother is a motherboard and has all these secret powers and knows all this shit. She's getting a robot arm. That's a fact. For sure. That's happening. I thought it was going to happen in this episode when her it mom was came too. back. Yep. When her mom came back and they started doing all that stuff where they like, like fixed her or whatever. I, I thought they was going to go to like a parallel earth where they have like when, when all those maggots came on her arm, I was like, oh, this arm's just falling off. Yeah, it's over with. It's done with. Let's get her a robot arm and call that a day. But yeah, solid episode with Lovecraft. Super, super solid. Let's get to, let's get to the boys. The boys, man. Especially on TV. I took some notes. I took some notes when I um, on my second read through. I didn't take notes on everything, but like I know everything that happened. First off, let's can I say that my theory was about when you're watching the show up until the end, you're like, damn, Lynn's theory might be right. Up until the final seconds, it was like it it, it went all the way up to like 99% win chance. And then the Falcons fumble the onside kick, and then it flip flops to another a whole another section. It was just like, damn. <laughs> but are we talking about that first? Are we talking about the heads blown off? Are we are we gonna talk about that? No, we're gonna say. I think we should go chronological. Okay, all if, right. If, if you can. Well, but see, the thing is, this I wrote the first thing I wrote down. The senator lady, when she's talking about the stuff inside of with the uh with the uh vice president or the president's secretary, and she was like. Well, we all the vaults people did the, all the superheroes they're trying to plan a coup and whatnot, and she specifies like the certain superheroes that that like only certain ones, and then that goes back to the church about how their connection later, how she knew that she was planning to kill. Well, I mean, I, I have to say it. Yeah, go ahead. The, the senator lady is is the head blower upper. She is a superhero, and in the beginning when she is talking with Mallory to the uh. Whatever that guy Which is. Which I thought Mallory died. I but it no, was she apparently did not. her chief of staff. It was, yep. And she's talking about, oh yeah, some of the Vaught superheroes died. It was only one, and I think that was on purpose due to her conversation with the church. I think the church asked her to kill that speedster so A-Train could go back into the seven. Agreed. I think that was supposed to happen initially, and they didn't, but they didn't foresee Stormfront, which we will get to, and that leads us back to chronological. One of the moments I loved was Maeve calling Huey a twink. That was hilarious. I was like, <laughs> Maeve, going hardcore. Maeve said, I'll bust you in half, little boy. I was like, oh, 
<laughs> Queen Maeve. Queen Maeve's fed up, got her bong on the table, doing all kind of drugs, just getting fucked up. She don't got time for none of your shit, Starlight, bitch ass. But then A-Train, which I love, A-Train took his faith in his, uh, took his, his, his fate in his own hands. And I wrote that this episode was people who got tired of getting shit on taking their fate in their own hands. That's why when you say it feels like a show ender, it, it does. This episode, we see A-Train take his fate in his own hands. We see Kimiko take her fate in her, uh, uh, her own hands. We see Rebecca take her fate into her own hands. We see Butcher, in a sense, yeah. Butcher take his fate into his own hands. Huey takes his fate into his own hands. And th- those are mainly the five. Queen Maeve. Oh, and Maeve, yes. Maeve, 1,000%. The, and Maven, uh, Starlight, kind of the whole season, but Maeve more so. Those are the six that really are like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm done playing. I'm done playing along to the rules. And A-Train does that because of a conversation he heard with Mr. Edgar and the head of the church. Mr. Edgar was like, look, bro, Stormfront don't fuck with black people. And they, they were being, at first they were hiding it. Now they're just being blatant. Like they, the, this episode was like, if you don't think Stormfronts are racist, we're going to show you this episode. Like we're, we're going balls to the wall. We're showing you. Mr. Edgar was like, yeah, I don't really fuck with her, but like business is business. And Alistair's like, all right, well, can you accept the deep? And he's like, yeah. And it was like, all right, cool. Boom. So at, at, right now, tentatively, deep's back in the seven. A-Train's out. But A-Train steals some information because Mr. Edgar's like, wasn't a Stormfront inside of the church? Something we talked about. Stormfront was. They, the church had information on her. A-Train gives that information to Huey and, St- and Starlight, which thus gives it to Butcher. They post it online. Uh, Stormfront's done. Taken down. Nazi. She walks in a vault. Everybody's like, ugh, Nazi, bitch. Get away from me. And everybody's like, whoa, fuck you. Then it's time for Becca pops up at the, uh, at the boys because Homelander has her son. I thought the Homelander son stuff was very endearing. Yeah, I mean, I thought that was interesting stuff because, like, you could tell that Homelander, like, wants to be a good a good father to an extent where Stormfront was kind of pushing him to be, like, we got to, like, make this kid our super soldier. Yeah. Where, he, like, I feel like... He wasn't Homelander- really about that. Also, I... I, I, th- I may be wrong, but I think this episode showed that Homelander's not truly a racist Nazi like Stormfront. Nah. When she was talking about that white supremacy shit and Homelander was looking at her like... Bitch, what are you talking about right now to my kid? But we've also found out that Homelander is addicted to the fame. He oh, yeah. loves the Adam, like more so than like how Stormfront was powered by racism and hate. Homelander is praised by the egotistical ego he has built and he needs endearing fans. So that's why some may say it's him seeking his son's love to feel that need of like, want in his life or was that serious i think it was serious like you said yeah i think it was serious i think like he ultimately thinks that everyone wants to love him so he wants to get that love out of everyone and also that he does see his son as the ability to like be a better him i suppose but not necessarily like he wants him to be like a better him he just wants him to be like him and more so have a better childhood than he did it was kind of fucked up for a while and st- I mean, he still is, but like his son doesn't want him to turn out like him. And I thought that was endearing. And then the boys get the location of them. They have a cool plan how to take out Stormfront. They do this little radar. They do like this little son- sonar thing. They get the kid. Bro, first thing I wrote down, why the hell, if you're one of those soldiers who are coming to get the kid, why are you standing up to Homelander? Big mistake. Black dude. Yeah, why are you putting down. your gun? 
Why are you putting your gun up to Homelander? I'd have been like, what look, was Homelander. I'd have been like, look, Homelander, take this up with Mr. Edgar. I ain't got nothing to do with this. I'm out. I'm out. You can beam all of these dudes. I'll tell you everything I know from that Mr. Edgar said. Just let me live. He might have beamed my ass at the end, but I was going to try. I was damn sure going to try. But I also wrote down this. The reason how Butcher got that information is because he made a deal with Mr. Edgar. And I think the conversation with Butcher and Mr. Edgar was one of the best conversations ever. When uh, Mr. Edgar's like, it's not ruthless, it's price per share. He's like, it's not about me, it's about business. When Mr. Butcher has anything in history been different about business, it was just like bomb after bomb after uh, Giancarlo Esposito just killed it, man. That was amazing. I was like, yeah, like, and, and it's awesome because we got to see how badass, bass, badass of Butcher was last episode when he went against Vogelbaum and he talked to his dad. And I think this is a... Edgar's not scared of Butcher. Butcher can do all that bravado, like, whatever. Edgar got three snipers uh, pointed at your head, partner, so you can kill me. You're going to die too, playboy. And I'm not I mean, upset that, about it. That's the thing about, like, the, the finale is, like, everyone's considering, like, Stormfront going down, like, being the big bad of the season. I think the big bad of the season is Giancarlo Esposito. And like oh, that's yeah. and that's where like things get set up for like season three, like with him and the politician lady. I feel like we're gonna, you know, like what you're saying to your wire point, which I'll let you get to, and I'll just add that point on later. Um, but yeah, I mean there's we're we're gonna move transition into a different sort a different of phase. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like, different phase of the boys. One thousand percent. And we see all of that happening this season. We the I feel like this arc ends the the Becca. In, the introduction to uh, the arc of Butcher got Butcher's involved in this because his wife got raped by Homelander and took from him. That arc is closed. That's over. That arc is finished. Now the question Huey's is, arc is over. Huey's arc is over. Yeah, the Robin stuff. Mark is pretty much over. All of their I feel arcs like are. Frenchie and Frenchie's Kimiko are still a little bit open. I mean, but well, his for the, the most part is over. Kimiko's arc's over. She killed Stormfront. She got her revenge. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to that too. I think for the most part, all of their arcs, I mean, Vought's not technically down. And over overall, that's the overall mission, but the opening arcs of everybody are closed. This was a fun, this is why this feels show ending almost, but they leave enough strings to get to where we're going in the future. But something else that uh so after the conversation with Mr. Edgar, fire. Uh also uh Vaught is all the fact that Vaught is actively looking to make a homelander deterrence. That's coming. I don't know if that's soldier boy. I don't know if that's something else, but that's common. Mr. Edgar wasn't even concerned about losing that little kid. That tells me they have something in stock. Like, he was like, that's the cards I'm dealt with. <laughs> like, like, okay, Mr. Edgar, I see you out here, Giancarlo. Just like you said, the real big bad of the overall show is not Stormfront. Stormfront was the season bad. She is not. She Her, her plans to make a Nazi soldier army, Mr. Edgar wasn't letting that go down. <laughs> Mr. Edgar was not letting that shit go down. Uh, and at the end of the day, we know that Mr. Edgar had he he knew I mean he knew these things. He knew she was a Nazi, and he he said he only put up with her because Compound V got uh brought out to the media, and he was like, "Well, if we want to raise our stock, we got to make everybody want Compound V, and the only way to do that is to make people mad and to cause riot, cause a stir among the internet, which Stormfront was doing, which is their ode to our Earth right now, which is very smart. The way that they." parallel our earths with just how twitter works and everything but that goes back to that episode where that dude was watching stormfront media all day ties in everything they did was a puzzle piece that made this season phenomenal but yeah mr i think mr edgar's conversation with butcher is one that closes things but also one that opens up to like 
we're not even to the we're not even to like the me of the of the fight. The fight's still going because until Edgar's scared of Butcher, we ain't won shit yet. So, but they find out where the kid is. Uh, Homelander loses the kid. Butcher takes him, and then also, are we sure? Becca, they put you in the car with mother's milk. Fucking Butcher said leave. You was like, no, no, no. And trying to hug and kiss instead of going. That's the reason why your ass died. Because you didn't leave when Butcher told you and you allowed Stormfront to catch up, flip your car, and then get get all up in your shit. That's why she died. It was her fault. I'm not blaming it on what happened. It was her fault because she didn't want to leave when they told her to. And when the car flips, when Stormfront confronts them and they're in Mother's Milk driving away, I was like, damn, I know they didn't just kill Mother's Milk right now. I that was, was what I was the most worried about. I was pissed. I was like, I know y'all just didn't kill Mother's Milk, one of my favorite characters, after he just told Butcher to suck on his big black balls. I love that. I love that dude. I was like, yeah, he's the only person besides Mr. Edgar that stands up to Butcher. And you got to have someone that does that. And I was like, damn, I hope they didn't kill him. They didn't kill him. And then boom. Butcher goes, run with the kid and Becca to escape, and his mother's milk, Huey, Frenchie, uh, Kimiko, and Starlight confronting the Nazi. In, yeah, in the battle with uh, Stormfront, I feel like Starlight really isn't that powerful. Like, <laughs> it was Kimiko. Was like, oh, yeah, Kimiko did most of the heavy lifting, and of course, Queen At Maeve first, had to come in. Oh, well, yeah, well, we didn't even get to, but yeah, Queen Maeve. It's Queen Maeve and Kimiko that whoops her ass. Yeah, and you know, Kimiko kind of shows like her invulnerability where she you know, gets her neck snapped and she's like and able to recover. Yeah, yeah, pretty she, much. And she recovers herself. But I thought that was awesome. She was like, I'm going to stick my foot in your Nazi kitty. And we hear her laugh for the first time. I love her and Frenchie's relationship. And then I love in the comics, it's the boys that stomp out Stormfront. And I love that it's reversed in this one. It's because it's a female, we get Queen. Ma- I think it works beautiful that it's Queen Maeve, Starlight, and Kimiko. Because honestly, in comic book land, yeah, I could believe Butcher and, and Huey and them stomped out Stormfront in a comic book. But in this shit, I'm not buying that Huey, Frenchie, and Mother's Milk stomped out Stormfront. How? 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 Yeah. My girlfriend was like, oh, these, these dudes aren't can't do shit. And I was like, yeah, watch. that's when they, when they get zapped. I was like, they're lucky they didn't die in that explosion. <laughs> Facts. Yeah, I mean, the the women really did hold, hold the power. Girl, for, girls for do. Uh, what was their little motto? Uh, <laughs> girls do can can kick out. I, I forget. says it. Girls can do it or whatever it is. Yeah, I don't uh, remember. Whatever it was, that 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 was an ode to that to the real girl. Oh, girls get get shit done, or g- girls get it done. Girls get it done. Yeah, that's what girls it is. get it done. Well, yeah, them girls got it done, and they jumped. They jumped Stormfront, was whooping her ass, and then she bolts off. She leaves after Queen Maeve, uh, Kimiko, and Star Starlight kick her ass. She goes to Butcher and the and and Becca and the kid. Uh, Butcher is trying to shoot her. Not working. Them bullets not working. But shout out to Becca. Becca stabs her in the eye, takes her eye out, which is comic book accurate. Not Becca doesn't do it, but it's it's someone else stabs her, takes her eye out. And then she's choking Becca's ass. And already Homelander was trying to teach uh, uh, Ryan how to use his powers. And he told them to hate. And Ryan was like, I don't hate anybody. Well, you hate the woman who tried to kill your mom. And boom, zapped her ass. And I was like, damn. Stormfront, Dunsky. So Homelander knew he could have killed that bitch. He just didn't try. Unless Ryan's stronger than Homelander. That's the two. That's what I was thinking. I was where I was thinking. I was thinking that Ryan may have 
you know, maybe but Homelander might have ta- might have toned down his beams. You think, or you think he was he was going all out during the sex? I don't think he was going all out. I guess maybe he was toning it down, but like I thought that you know she wanted. I, that was my thing. Like when he when the kid was about to do it, I was like, well, d- can't she like withstand some of that? And, but that goes back to my point of when St- when Homelander was talking like he he knew a way to kill her. That goes back to that point that I was trying to make earlier this season. But Ryan ends up killing Stormfront in turn, killing her his mom. Becca dies. Becca's chapter's over. He she asks Butcher to take care of the boy. Butcher starts to go away with the boy. Homelander comes and confronts him, and it's like, "Yo, you gotta come to me, Ryan." Then boom, Queen Maeve, double save. This is why Queen Maeve said, "I ain't taking no more shit." I'm doing Queen Maeve. I talked so much shit on last episode. I gotta apologize to Queen Maeve this episode. She took her fate into her own hands. She stopped being a victim, and she was like, "You know what? Fuck this. I'm gonna dish out some pain." And she shows the video to Homelander, like. No, you're going to let the kid go. You're going to come with me, and we're going to go clean up this Stormfront shit, and you're not going to hurt me, Starlight, or this kid ever again. If you do, I'm releasing this. And that goes back to the point that if Homelander wasn't addicted to the fame, he wouldn't have cared. If, he want, if, he was, if it was about power and about taking over the world, he wouldn't have cared. It's about being loved. It's about what you said, about the addiction to the fame and the love of having everybody love him and him being America's superstar and America's hero. That's what Homelander's about. And he showed it this episode. That's why when he was crying, he wasn't crying because he was losing his son. He was crying because if he didn't go, he was going to lose his fucking fame. 1,000%. I I thought Homelander was brilliant in this episode. I thought Anthony Starr gave an amazing performance as Homelander. When he's crying with the blood on his face, like, fuck you, butcher. I'm going to get your ass back. Don't you worry. It was just like, Queen Maeve's like, no, you're not, bitch. Let's go. We got to go. And I was like, yeah, Queen Maeve. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I kind of really, you know, really saved her as a character through because for through the first two seasons of the show, really. She was like, what? She was just like, whatever. Also, Black Noir, it he's might alive. be a vegetable. He's alive, but he might be brain dead. We don't know mm-hmm. yet. I think he's going to make it out. He's a, I, Black Noir is going to be a zombie. He's either going to make it out or they're going to kill him and then bring him to deep. Well, yeah, maybe. One of those. I could see that happening, too. So... The episode ends. Homelander, Queen Maeve, Starlight. They give a convers. They give a speech talking about how Stormfront's a Nazi and how Queen Maeve and Starlight saved Homelander and had his back. Uh, he apologized to Starlight. Also, Starlight has her the costume she always wanted. She's not wearing that bullshit anymore because now her and Queen Maeve are in charge, baby. They're getting shit done that they want. Starlight's like, I'm not leaving the seven. I'm gonna get shit done inside. Uh, how do you feel? Her and Huey are together again. How do you feel about that? Because you didn't like. I mean, I feel like it's. <laughs> feel like that's inevitable. Yeah. I mean, I, I I really only didn't like it because it felt like it was toxic on both ends. Yeah. Like, it, it's still kind of toxic, but I mean, it might be better now. Who knows? Whatever. We'll see. Yeah, Huey's back in there. I don't like anything Huey's doing in the scene. Huey, Huey is becoming one of my least favorite characters, but that's just because we know what's, what he's walking himself in. But I do like the prospect of what he's going into in season yeah, three, where he's going to be like, where he's going to stand on his own, but he's also going to be a part of this like political machine part of the this next season which you know. but out of everybody it makes sense like we're not in out of everybody that can investigate that it's gotta be huey and i think it's gonna work because butcher's gonna believe huey when huey inevitably finds out that the senator's a soup and that's gonna happen i don't know if, if we get closure on that in season three or season four but i think huey finds out in season three for sure for sure and it's going to be interesting how to take down the czar because she 
and Mallory are now in charge of the soup hunting operation. They're the boys officially on the books again. And Booker's Butcher now works for the CIA once again, him and his whole team. They're now back to how they were originally, and they're going to be investigating soups and stuff. And I think that's going to be interesting now that they have their power back. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be like the, the new phase of the show, you know, kind of thinking about where, where we're at now. Uh, you know, it's going to be fighting Vought and Giancarlo Esposito, eventually fighting this politician lady. Um, and, you know, we're going to see more soups come into the fold. So yep. we'll figure out what's, also, what's to come. I think the Ryan arc is closed with Becca dying. I think the Ryan arc is closed for now because Ryan goes with Mallory. I think in season four, that's when they bring that back. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Ryan in this season, in the next season. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see that actor ever again. The guy, the kid who plays get, him. I could see. We get a him, new actor. He ages new, up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. That's what, I, that's what I think season four. Like some shit happens. They age him up. And, we and they've been training actor. him. And they've been tra- Yeah. Yeah. Season four, season five. I think that's what's going to happen if the boys makes it that long. I don't think we see Ryan anymore. At least this actor, like you said, but I think that arc is closed. Also, uh, what, what would be interesting here? too is if I don't know how they want to do that spinoff show. If they're going to do it like they put him in there, what's been going on? Yeah, if they put him in there, that's but I, I feel like it'd be way too much to to accomplish. But that's just one theory. Nah, I, I like that. That that is a, a good possible theory. Also, uh, when we're talking about the senator lady, she calls the 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 church guy. They talk about their plans to take out whoever they were and how the deep's back in the seven and how they have a connection. But well, A Train's back in the seven, not the deep. Yeah, the yeah, A Train. But the senator lady has to cut all loose ends who knows who she is. And boom, church guy out of yeah. here. Fuck Fresca. No more Frescas. So the church was That's a plot device said, for though. this. That was season. I'm I'm very interested to see how where we go from here because the church was a plot device. I thought that was we're gonna get more into that, but it was the reverse. We're gonna get more into the politics next season, which I think is gonna be interesting because Victoria Newman's based off of this character, Victor Newman in the comics, which gets into this whole conspiracy of what the politics are. This reminds me of the wire where in one season of the wire we're going over the Barksdales, but then we see how the world is how well how Baltimore is affected by we saw from the police and the crime, and then we see from the politics arena and how that affects the crime in the and the Barksdale. So I think the boys are transitioning out of the soup, the quote unquote, we're fighting superheroes to now we're still going to be fighting superheroes, but it's more so how the political angle is allowing this shit to happen. And we're going to see the other side of it while, ma- yeah, while more, still more fighting violence. More so of fighting like, you know, concrete superheroes. You're fighting like the ideals being pushed, pushed by the yeah. people in power. Yep. And we're, we're still going to fight superheroes underground as the boys, but it's more so we got this whole new thing to unravel because we unraveled Vought's problems. We know Vought Compound V. We know how the founder of uh, Vought did. We know all the shitty shit Vought's doing. But who allowed Vought to do this? And that's what we're digging into next season. Super, super excited for that. Also, um, the creator said that he told us who the head exploding person was the first time it happened. When you look in the first time when the CI ladies head explodes, they introduced Victoria Newman right after that. So a little ode to that. Also soldier boy is coming in. They said, don't expect Jensen Ackles to be a good guy. He was Homelander before Homelander. He's coming in to do PR control. 
we're not Nazis anymore. We're, we're getting the OG Nazi killer. So, and he's from a different era. He's going to be very brash. It's going to be very interesting to see Jensen Ackles ta- tackle this. It's going to be interesting to see how he's alive. Is he a clone? Is he the real one? What's, what's it going to be? An actor. With that? Yeah, an actor. Yeah, so what's it going to be? So is he going to be a Trojan horse? Is it going to be real? Season three, man. I need Robot. it. I need it. I Android. Need it. I need it. I need it. I need it. They're gonna film. The script's already done. They're gonna film beginning of twenty twenty one. Hopefully, we get it by the end of twenty twenty one. So yes, we need it. Anything else you got on the finale? Not really, man. I think we pretty much covered it all. But I think that this season two was better than season one for sure. It was, yeah, it was. It, it definitely was. And I think this this season solidified is the best superhero show out and the best show on TV right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. So, all right, let's get into our draft. Do you have a coin? No, I don't have a coin. You don't have a coin. Let's see if I have one by me. I let's think see if there's, there's, hold on. There's definitely a coin flipping thing on Google. Oh, you're going to flip thing on Google. I think I have an actual, Oh, I do have an actual coin. Okay. Right, right. here. Boom. Okay, so do you want heads or tails? Heads. All right. Ooh, it is tails. All right. That means I get pick first. Nice. Okay. All right. Want to both go over like our kind of like our template? Yeah, yeah. Go. You go ahead. List it off. Um, I'm pretty sure like with the template here, I want to lean into Tarantino wanting to explore space, but I want to do it in more of like a space Western kind of thing. Um, similar to what we, we, what we got going with the Mandalorian, Cowboy Bebop, Firefly, you know, I want like his essential, you know, ship crew and then, you know, a planet base. I don't know if it's going to take place on multiple planets or anything. It's not really, you know, real so it's not something i've thought out too hard but i'm more thinking like one of my main characters here is you know like a zapper and again kind of guy Mm, okay okay well i I wanted to do a space western but i could rebound on the fly because like that's what i was thinking as well but we're not gonna both do the same thing so no i mean i feel like our 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 characters are gonna be different oh for sure well mine could either be a space western or it could be no, I'm gonna just do space western too. Cause I was doing it, I was doing it a vibe of uh cowboy bebop, but very crime oriented. Mine is more crime oriented and like about more reservoir dogs crime. Like there's a there's ba- they're bounty hunters essentially, that type of shit. But let's draft our characters. We're both drafting space western. My first pick, the main actor of my Quentin Tarantino film. I have to pick him first off. He was my guy, because I want, but see. Nah, 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 nah. I'm not doing the Space Western because you're doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm going with my idea that I had at first because I'm going with John David Washington to do a crime movie set in our world in the 90s. What does Quentin Tarantino do? Does pop culture very well, but we've seen him do L.A. We're taking it and doing in New York around the time of hip hop and all of that stuff being made. And we're going to have a, a majority black cast, but we're going to have white actors in it. But the main actor he's focusing on is John David Washington. That is my lead actor in this movie. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not really going by lead actor or stuff like that because, you know, some of the guys that I want to put in there are names that I really don't think that you're going to consider, mm-hmm. um, especially in a lead actor role. But someone that I definitely want to secure 
um, for my film is one of my first reoccurring characters. And I want to get Christoph Waltz. Ooh, I didn't even want Christoph Waltz. Uh, well, I'm going to go ahead and secure him in, into, uh, into the thing. I feel like he's done some good work with Tarantino. I feel like his, some of his characters are my favorite in the Tarantino verse. Okay. And um, you know, I feel like it, it needs to be, uh, to be a new age Tarantino, you're going to need Christoph Waltz somewhere. I gotcha. I gotcha. Well, I'm going to secure my guy then. This is not, this was one of the guys that I left floating up, but because now I, now because you chose Christoph Waltz, I don't believe you're going to take the person that I, I want. That's my reoccurring all the time, but this person has reoccurred. It's my second reoccurring. I'm choosing, and he's an A-lister. He's worked with Quentin Tarantino twice before, both times, arguably his best move, some of his best work. I'm going with Brad Pitt. All right. The partner cop person or either the partner in crime or the cop partner to John David Washington. I just don't know if they're going to be crime people or cops. I thought um, more towards detectives. The next right. guy I have on the list has been in a Tarantino film before. I wouldn't say he's a reoccurring character for Tarantino, but he's a guy that I feel like we both respect pretty highly. And it's a uh, Michael Fassbender. Nice, 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 nice. I like that. I like that. Okay. Yeah. You're not going to take my people. I'm excited. This is lit. This is lit. Okay, so next, so this is uh, pick three. So yeah. right now I'm going to add a lady to my list. I'm going to add, a, she is probably I'm one of my favorite actresses. Uh, she is, nah, she, she, she's in my top two favorite actresses of all time. I'm adding Regina King to a Quentin Tarantino movie. I think Regina King would fit well in a Quentin Tarantino movie. That's a good one. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to stay with some of the females. I'm going to go with my crazy wild card here. The one that I saw that was supposedly supposed to be cast in a Tarantino film. And when I saw the name, I was like, really? Well, that could actually be really interesting if you give him the shot to be in a Tarantino film. And it's Charlie Day. Ooh, Charlie Day. Yeah, he was supposed Charlie to be in a... Once upon a time in Once Hollywood. Once upon a time in Hollywood, he was yeah. supposed to be. He was supposed to be. Uh, what's his name? Charlie Manson. Charlie Manson, yeah. But he was. Quentin Tarantino said that he was. You know, he would be distracting because of the fact that he was such a big character for a small role. Yeah. And I feel like that doesn't necessarily mean he doesn't want him a part of his films. Yeah. And no, I think I'm he has a lot of respect for what he does as an actor. So I feel like it'd be interesting to put him in. I like that. Adding some comedical flair because Quentin Tarantino always has some comedical flair in his stuff. I like that. Okay. I'm getting one more actress secured and this is like my big four. Amy Adams. I had to do it when you didn't take her. I was like, I gotta go. I gotta have Regina King, Brad Pitt, John David, and Amy Adams. Now I'm going smaller actors after this. I just had to get my big four. In that, yeah, a lot of my cast. stuff is, is stuck in the smaller game and I also wanted to put in some younger talent in there. Okay, okay, I got um, you. One of my females I'm going to do, and this is an, another character that's been in the Quentin Tarantino verse, It's and I'd say probably the standout of The Hateful Eight, Jennifer Jason Lee, okay. is going to be my, one of my females here. And I don't know if she's going to play a human. Ooh, okay, okay, I like that. I like that. All right, bet. All right, next up, well, I might as well do my second uh, Quentin Tarantino 
actor who I didn't want you to take with my pick number five. I'm taking Quentin Tarantino's arguably his favorite actor to work with besides himself. He has been in uh, The Hateful Eight. He was in Reservoir Dogs. He was in Pulp Fiction. I'm going with Tim Roth. Love Tim Roth. Wanted Tim Roth. That was my guy. It, It just brings this classic Tarantino vibes. Um, you know, for me wanting to do the whole Western element, there were a couple of people that I was trying to choose between and, uh, you know, I want to keep with some older guys here as well as some of the younger people I'm going to throw in the second half of the 10 and, uh, here I'm going to put in Josh Brolin. Ooh, like that. I like that. I like that a lot. Josh Brolin works well with this, uh, because mine takes place in, in, uh, either a Western or it takes place in. New York in the 90s. I'm going with, at my sixth pick, I love to have, I need I need a strong black cast as well. Got a lot of whiteies in here right now. So I'm going with Yahya Abdul-Mahin with my sixth pick. That's a good one. That's a good one. Right now, we're, we're, we're building it out. You know, I feel like, a, and what's going to be a sort of a theme here as well with some of my other picks is that when Tarantino likes to revitalize a few people's careers, especially if they've fallen off and then bring them back more so with like Kurt Russell, when he brought back Kurt Russell for the hateful eight, that Kurt Russell started getting a little bit more uh, films, someone that we haven't seen in a while. And we also did a really good job in a Tarantino film that I feel like he would want to bring back as Lucy Liu. Ooh, and I okay. want to bring in Lucy Liu. Funny that you say that because I needed an older black actor to be in Quentin Tarantino, but it's not Sam Jackson. And you said to revitalize in careers. I was thinking along the same way. He wanted to revitalize this dude's career. He wanted to make him a star. He wrote the role for Jules for him, but he turned it down, didn't take it. I'm talking about Larry Fishburne. I'm talking about Lawrence Fishburne. I want Lawrence Ooh. Fishburne to come in this Quentin Tarantino movie. They've always wanted to work together. Quentin Tarantino thinks he's one of the best actors. He thinks he's the best actor since Brando. Like he thinks he's a second coming of Marlon Brando. They were been supposed to work together. But Larry Fishburne, I'm going with Lawrence Fishburne to be in the movie. That's my seventh pick. What's your seventh pick? My seventh pick? Hmm. I'm going to go female young here. Um, I had a few in here and I was thinking about like Dakota Fanning or Chloe Grace Moretz, uh, but someone who is super young Hollywood. Um, and he gave a really big opportunity uh, that she did an okay job in once upon a time in Hollywood, but a better job in stranger things. I want to add the young Maya Hawk into my cast. Oh, okay. Okay. His, uh, one of his longtime collaborators, daughter exactly nice nice i like that i like where you i like where you're headed i like where you're headed and i i need some youth along my along my uh my cast as well i need some a, a young a young black actor to come in a young a young black guy to do his thing we got yaya abdul mahin we got Lawrence fishburne we got john david washington but we need some youth in here and I'm not choosing Caleb McLaughlin, Miles, Br- none of these, none of these dudes. I'm not choosing them. That would just be, that wouldn't be the, the, the way to, to do this. I'm choosing from the get down. He's been an actor. He was Spider-Man. I'm choosing Shameek Moore. Okay. Yeah. I like Shameek Moore. Shameek Moore. I think he's good enough to do this type of work. And I think he'll make a good young guy roll into what in this movie. I kind of wish I would have added Shameek Moore. I'm a big fan. Shameek Moore's a good actor, man. 
Um, here's my first like really Adam person that I'm putting in there. Uh, one of the people that I want to have in there as a main character is someone that I feel like has, you know, underperformed and, or I guess his agent has underperformed and casting him in things. I feel like he's been in a lot of really goofy stuff, but I feel like he's kind of got some of the chops that, that Tarantino could work with to really get the best out of him for the, in my opinion, the first time. And it's James Marsden. Ooh, okay. Okay, I like that. I like that. I, I like James Marsden I want him a lot. to be like this Zab Brannigan kind of like, you know, think about his character in Westworld where he's like the hero, but he's also like, you know, shitty because like, you know, dies all the time. But like... <laughs> I like that. Hell yeah. Okay. I got you. Now you've kind of... I've, I've kind of gotten to my point where I'm going to add my comedy into here. And first off, an actor that Quentin Tarantino has worked with before, but I didn't want to use him as my someone he's worked with, but it just shows that he would work with this guy again. And I think in an old black man role in some form of fashion in this, bringing jokes. I'm going with Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker, okay. Chris Tucker. He's worked with Tarantino before, and I think he could add some good humor to this movie. One more female I want to add in here. Um, I thought she did a terrific job in Inglorious Bastards. And I wanted to bring her back for a Tarantino film. She played Shoshana. Oh, I thought the, Melanie see, I was gonna, Laurent. See, I was gonna go with Dan, I was gonna go with um Diane, Diane Kruger. Kruger. Yeah, I, I almost did, but when you didn't take Amy Adams, I was like, fuck it. I, I'm not gonna pick Diane Kruger when I can take Amy Adams. Like, what are we talking about? And my my last person, my tenth pick, is to add some more humor. I figure this guy would be a cop or some form of fashion in this. Danny McBride. Uh, Danny McBee, you got Charlie Day. I had to get, I had to get someone funny equally. I was thinking John C. John C. O'Reilly in this part, but I wanted to go. Yeah, he's I been considered to, before. I wanted to go someone younger, someone who is becoming like an auteur and, and not just being slapstick humor. Danny McBride, I think he's a young guy who can do some good comedy humor in there. Um, and let's see. I guess Waltz counts as my reoccurring. I have like a bunch of people who like equal up to a lot of reoccurrings, but they've all been in like one or two. So do you think I should add one that has it's up to you more than one? Uma Thurman's still around. Sam Jack's still around. Well, I mean, yeah, I have other people on this list that haven't been in there before that I really want to add. Like some people who definitely aren't going to make it in there that I was considering and could still probably be in it. If that was the case, like a Timothy Oliphant, uh, Mads Mickelson. Well, Timothy Oliphant was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, but I mean, like, small. Yes. Yeah, uh, Mads, Mads Mickelson. Thought about Mads. Uh, who else did I have in here that I was thinking about? Uh, you know, I mentioned that I had Dakota Fanning and Chloe Grace. Um, but there's two people, the three people on here that I'm really trying to choose between. And I'm going to go with the big one and uh, say that he's going to be like one of my lead characters here. I'm going to go with uh, Tom Hardy. Ooh, nice, nice. Okay, I like Tom H. Our movies are interesting, man. All right, that's our 10th pick. Let's get an honorable mention just because, and it can be however big you want. I'll let you go first. Nick Cage. Nick Cage is your 11th? Yeah. For real? You being dead ass? That was, that was who I was choosing between Nick Cage, Tom Hardy, and I feel like Nick Cage is... I think he's about to have a Nick Cage-a-sans. Nick with like Cage-a-sans. the movies that he's been, 
the movies that he's uh, been putting out and he's about to have that movie where he plays himself. I feel like, you know, Quentin Tarantino, especially in my film is going to take like a big comedic approach. And, uh, you know, in a, in a lot of ways, I feel like a lot of the people that I've added in could be an alien character. And I feel like Nick Cage could, could fit that bill. Okay. My final person. And I should, and I was going to say him earlier, but I, I chose not to, and I'm glad that I waited because, like, I think this person just brings it over the top, and he would have a a decent-sized role, but I'm going with Robert Downey Jr. I think he's a good enough actor, and I think him and Tarantino could make some magic. He can do comedy. He can he can do that Al Pacino role in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood where he was, like, a an executive. He can do the, uh, the small role that's, like, in, um, let's see... I'm trying to think of another another movie like like in Glorious Bastard, how Mike Myers was in it. He can do one of those small where we're like, yo, that's Robert Downey Jr. in a Quentin Tarantino movie. So yeah. that's our final ones. All right, let's go over our cast. There was only one, there's only one other person I had left in my list, and it was Shia. Oh, Shia, nice, nice, nice. All right, let's go. I'm surprised. None of us said Adam Driver. Neither of us took Leo or Denzel. I took Denzel, yeah. son. I wasn't gonna take Denzel. You know, I Leo has done his Tarantino thing, and I feel like it's for Leo. It's like you know, let's do the next thing. Um, what Denzel? I didn't really fic- picture Denzel in in a Tarantino film. It'd have to be a very. But specific I could more one. so see John David being it. It would have to be very specific. And what was the other name? That Adam you said? Driver. I don't see him being a Tarantino film. I see him being more so in a Scorsese film than a Tarantino film. Yeah. Which so, he has been in the Scorsese film. Yeah, he has. All right, let's go over our list again. You give him your movie cast that you would have Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, I have uh, Christoph Waltz, Michael Fassbender, Charlie Day, Jennifer Jason Lee, Josh Brolin, Lucy Liu, Maya Hawk, James Marsden, Melanie Laurent, uh, Tom Hardy, and Nick Cage. I have John David Washington, Brad Pitt, Regina King, Amy Adams, Tim Roth, Yaya Abdul-Mahim, Lawrence Fishburne, Shamit Moore, Chris Tucker, Danny McBride, and Robert Downey Jr. Solid list. I like both of our cast. If I had to add yeah. one more person, it, like he's like how you said you would do uh, I, oh, who'd you just you just after uh Nick you know, Shia LaBeouf, I would add another lady in there. I don't. Oh man. I like the girl from Lady Bird. I forget her name, but I feel like her oh. role would be too small. I was thinking Zoe Kravitz Saoirse too. Lor- yeah. Saoirse Ronan. Saoirse Ronan. I was thinking Zoe Kravitz too. Someone, some young female, maybe a Zendaya, or but nah, actually, Journey Smollett Bell. Done. I'm giving. I'm. She. She's been killing it. I like her. She could do it in this. Except she needs to you know, pick up the pace. Yeah, she can't be walking around. Trying she can't be walking around. Killing people, but that's all we got this week. She would not like our draft. Next week, we're thinking about doing, if we have enough time, we got some action movie stuff, either the best action movie ever tournament, March Madness style, or we're going to draft the top assassins slash secret agents slash uh, people like that to save us. If we were, I think we'll, I think we might have enough time because you know now we lose the boys, we get Lovecraft's finale, you know, yeah. and after that we are going to be having like what, another me. week before we even get a chance to get into the Mando. So yep, yep. So we might we might be on an action movie trend where we do a tur- a tournament and mm-hmm. draft our our action movie squad to complete a mission or save our lives. One of those things. And no superheroes. It's it can be anybody, but can't be a superhero. So, so you want to like do the characters and not the actors. Yeah, the characters. 
like Jason Bourne, John Wick, James Bond. If you choose James Bond, I got to know which one. And once James Bond is taken, no James Bond, no other. Like if you choose Craig, I can't go choose Brosnan. Or if I or if I choose like um, uh, what's now now you know a counter to your superhero argument? Would you count Black Widow? No, she doesn't count. She's superhero. She's not a superhero. She's superhero, bro. She doesn't count. She's not count. Go take uh, go take Scarlett Johansson as uh, Ghost in the Shell. Go take her as Major. Mm, that that's counts. not a bad one. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you want to take Scarlett Joe, she has other secret agents you could be. Go take Lucy. That's what I'd say, Lucy. Like you can't choose Black, Black Widow's a superhero. At the end of the day, she has toys. Like can't take can't can't take Black Widow. James Bond's got toys. James Bond is not a superhero, bro. What are we talking about? Black Widow, uh, for sure. We can count Black Widow if you want. I'm not choosing. Them. I'm just joking. I'm does, just trying does, to does be Hawkeye like. Does Hawkeye count? See, that's where it gets. See, that's why that, so, yeah. no superheroes. My so no Black Widow, no Hawkeye. Shit. Then that means Nick Fury would count. And then what are we doing? <laughs> does Captain America count? No, he's got superpowers. But he's not like a. He's a. He's a secret agent. No, he's got a cape. We're not cape, but he's got a, a he's got a suit and a mask. True. But Black Widow doesn't have a mask. Black Widow does not have a mask. All right, I'll, but Hawkeye counts for my argument, so that's why yeah, I'm no yeah. no superhero. So, but we'll be getting to to that all, all all in due time, my friend. But this was a solid episode. I like our cast. I really do. We're gonna have to draft like a a, a Scorsese movie at some point because I like this little exercise, and I think we'll get better as we do them. But. Yeah, I'm digging it. So yeah, that's all we got. I'm glad you didn't take Tim Roth though, because that's who I, that's who I was gunning for. Yeah, I just don't know if I, I, Tim Roth would fit my vibe. I was I was gunning for Tim Roth, even, even if it's a sci-fi western or if it's a, a '90s crime movie in the in the uh, New York hip hop era, both would work. If it was a sci-fi, he would be one of like the assassins that are coming come and try to get the bounty hunters, John David Washington and Brad Pitt. <laughs> And Regina King and Amy Adams are two two badass. Uh, the one the one person I was thinking about uh, also since he wanted to do the Star Trek deal was Chris Pine. That was gonna be like my intertwine with James Marsden. But James Marsden has been in such like poo poo movies that he's like he really needs the opportunity to be in like a Tarantino film. I mean like Sonic, Jesus. That that would help James Marsden's career. I think you went for more people like that. And then I went with I went with the heavy. You didn't go with as many heavy hitters. You went with some more low key names. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but one of the that's all we got this week, man. You, uh, that's all we got. That's all I got. Solid week. All right. Well, um, that wraps things up for the week. Uh, go ahead and tell everyone what's going on with the network. All right, new anime talk out on Tuesday. A new Bros Who Think pod out on Thursday. Uh, if you are a fan of the Kaiju Number no. Eight review series, there should be one up tomorrow, along with this pod. Above, uh, by the time you hear this, it should be out. So if you read the manga Kaiju Number no. Eight, be sure to check that out. But yeah, that's all we got. You can find out all that information and more, and stay up to date with everything going on with the network at Bros Who Think on Twitter. Be sure to follow us at Bros Who Think on Twitter, or you can go to our website www.broswhothink.com. If you want to suggest a draft for us to do or suggest a topic. Hit us up on Twitter at Bros Who Think or at our website, www.broswhothink.com. Scroll all the way down on the homepage. And then in the subject line, put Bros Who Binge topic or Bros Who Binge question or whatever you want to say and send it to us. And we will do your topic, answer your question in the next episode. 
Also, uh, what else? What else? What else? What else? Oh, be sure, be sure to subscribe to the YouTube for more amazing com- uh, uh, amazing content like this or subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you listen to on the interwebs. All right. Well, yeah, definitely look out for what we got going on. We're going to bring some more interesting conversation in the bros who binge. Hopefully we'll get the, that pitch match going pretty soon. Um, you know, movie to review next week. Um, you know, luckily we're, you know, things are wrapping up in the sports. LeBron's got a ring. Mandalorian's so we'll about to be about, here. It's so coming. we'll be talking about, uh, some more football stuff on the bros who think, you know, we'll got Mandalorian coming up pretty soon, but there's stuff coming out on Disney and there's in other, in other places, you know, a lot of good TV out. And uh, we'll we'll find a way to get through this movie drought. Yeah, we will. If we have to review Utopia, that'll be something we check out next. Shit, we'll get something. We'll jump on something. But we'll review the Bachelorette. Well, we can make a segment. <laughs> I don't know if our fans will dig it, but we'll get. Some, well, I mean, we'll get know, a female audience. It's it's get, it's getting out there. Let me say, like the the movie trivia showdown did a Bachelor, uh, you know, uh, match. Where they had two past bachelor contestants do bachelor and bachelor and bachelorette trivia. So, you know, if if our, you know, cohorts over there, you know, I feel like some of our fans definitely subscribe to the movie trivia showdown. So, I mean, if, if, if stuff like that's going on, heck, we can also talk about the movie trivia showdown because I'm doing hella good <laughs> watching along and uh, answering questions. We'll figure something out in this movie drought. We'll get something cracking. But yeah, let's go ahead and wrap things up for this week. I hope everyone stayed safe if you were in the hurricane areas. And I hope you continue to stay safe in our COVID world. So uh, have a great week. Good rest of your day. Good night. And as always, keep engine. <laughs>